I'll never forget the first time I did CrossFit. I literally sent out an email blast to my list at the time, which was probably five people. But <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm going to be the CrossFit Games champion. Like I can be the best in the world. And when I started a nutrition coaching business, like I'll be the biggest in the world. And when I started business coaching, like I will build the biggest consulting company in the world. And I've never understood thoughts otherwise, because I also view success to be in like an inevitability, not really an option, right? right? right. Yeah. Failure yeah. is failure is the choice. Mm -hmm. Success is inevitability. It will happen. If you acquire enough skills and you do the reps, it actually becomes highly unlikely and unreasonable that you will not become successful. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Black Belt Beauty Radio. This week's badass guest is Jason Phillips. Jason is an impactful entrepreneur who has established immense reverence and authority in the health and fitness industry through his incredible knowledge in nutrition, fitness, as well as his experience in creating and up-leveling health and fitness businesses into multi-million dollar businesses. Jason is the founder and CEO of the Nutritional Coaching Institute, an institute that certifies health coaches and arms them with the tools that help them to become leaders in the field and turn their business models into six and seven figure businesses. Jason is largely contributing as one of the most profound thought leaders in the industry. From coaching world-class athletes to contributing his high-level expertise to monster brands like Google, to writing for major publications like Men's Fitness and Entrepreneur Weekly, and even writing his own books, he continues to lead from his heartbeat philosophy that is impact over everything. So good. In this really inspiring conversation, Jason and I take you through his background from battling anorexia to landing a $200,000 corporate job and leaving it all behind to pursue his passion for health, fitness, and nutrition. Jason's principle, the triangle of awareness that helps you to determine your most effective pathways to achieving your unique health and fitness goals. So good. How to assess your biofeedback to know when to push and when to recover. We talk about stress and its impact on your health and fitness goals that you may not be aware of. We talk about essential recovery practices that help you to accelerate progress that most people don't even recognize. We discuss Jason's self-mastery formula that helps you create your ultimate business success. Side note, you really don't need to be a health coach uh, to take that in and apply it. We discuss cultivating a why not me mindset to conquer fear and to achieve your ultimate potential in life. You guys, this episode is so empowering and it feeds what I like to call the heart of an underdog and the mindset of a champion, which I have to say, I believe Jason's journey is truly that. And I'm claiming this right now, right here. I feel like we haven't even seen the best of his impact in this world yet. And that's a huge statement because he's such a badass. I mean, people refer to him as the goat already for great reasons. 
He is living a legendary path. So I'm really, really proud to share his genius with all of you and his amazing energy in this talk. I had so much fun, you know, having this conversation with him and really just getting to know him more. So on that note, I got to say, I highly recommend you start following him on Instagram. His handle is Jason Phillips Nutrition. It's also in the show notes. And we would love to know how this episode impacted you. And the best way to let us know is through Instagram. You can share your thoughts in the comments and DMs. And of course, we'd love to see some story shares with tags uh, to both of us. So one more ask before I hit play. If you have not given this podcast a five-star rating and review via iTunes yet, please. We would love that support. It would mean so much to me and my team. And just know that in doing so, you are being a badass contributor because you're helping all of this really valuable, incredible content get out into the world and support so many others. So speaking of badass, I'm going to hit play on this badass that is Jason Phillips. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts on this incredible episode. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Beauty Counter. You guys, as a beauty expert and makeup pro of over 20 years, I have legitimately sifted and sorted through endless amounts of beauty products from skincare to makeup, you name it, I've touched it. And, you know, high performance is always a priority to me. You know, when you're working on clients who are on the red carpet or accepting awards on live shows like the Oscars, things of that nature, there really is no room for error when it comes to performance. But as a total, you know, lover of health, you know, over the past decade, I became highly conscious about you know, the health aspect of products too, and really trying to steer away from skincare and makeup products that, you know, have chemicals and fragrances and ultimately health disruptors. So when I found Beauty Counter, you guys, I started playing with their skincare and their makeup products on me. I was so happy with the results. Not only, you know, did they totally deliver, but I legitimately felt better putting these products onto my skin. You know, what you put on your skin is totally affecting your health. And it's so important to really realize that. Not to mention the brand is really health conscious for the world, and I love that too, but that's just me. So check it out. You guys can now shop my personal favorites on blackbeltbeauty.com from Beauty Counter. You just got to go to the shop section, go to beauty, and you will find my favorites. And I'm continuously adding new products there as I discover more because the brand is just constantly you know, creating new amazing skincare products and makeup products. So as I learn about them, And as I try them and love them, I'm sharing them on the site. So check it out. Go to blackbeltbeauty.com, go to the shop beauty section and shop the beauty counter page from there. Let me know what you think. I'd love your feedback. And if you ever have questions about beauty, you know where to find me. DM me, Roxy Look or Black Belt Beauty. Lots of love, you guys. Thank you so much, Jason. I'm so psyched to, to, to be in this space with you and to be able to pick apart the wealth of knowledge that you are, you know, first I want to say a shout out to our, our boy, Chase Tuning, who connected us. Yeah. Um, he's so wonderful and he just knows, you know, who, who's going to vibe well. And, and um, you know, in addition to that, and I had mentioned this to you in a, a little bite-sized conversation that we had recently, you know, him introducing us was not the first time that I was in awareness of you. I've, I've heard some incredible conversations that you've had with the boys at Mind Pump and, you know, I have to say, um, 
as someone who is an absolute geek in, you know, biology, physiology, neuroscience, and all things that really pertain to self-mastery. And, you know, there are some people who really just have a voice that stands out, not just because of the information that they're putting out, which is powerful and, you know, high quality evidence is something I'm really focused on also delivery. And one of the things I just want to set the fucking table with here is that I really appreciated about you is that, um, it just, everything is very passionate and authentic, you know, and it's not fucking scripted. Like, you know, your shit, but you deliver it. I can feel from such a place of, you know, just wanting to really support your community and, and all who are, you know, integrated and, and involved with you. So um, I just wanted to start by saying that, you know, I really appreciate that about you and, and, and let that, you know, be, uh, you know, kind of like the environment that's going to take us into this cerebral adventure right now. <laughs> it's, I massively appreciate it. I mean, for those people that are on video with us, they can see the shirt. It says impact over everything, right? I mean, that's what I live by, but it's so funny. You're, you're just so kind. You say I have like this wealth of knowledge. And ironically, if you were to put me on the spot and you'd say like, how have you achieved success and how have you achieved influence in this world? I would actually argue it's because I'm not that smart. Um, I actually think like, I only know a few things, but I know them really, really well. And I, like, if, if you were to go into like my story about, um, building a business, um, I, I'm stupid when it comes to most things in life. I just like, I genuinely care about human beings. I genuinely care about seeing them become better. And then obviously at one point I was challenged with an eating disorder and I was forced to overcome it. And so like, that was really like my catalyst for change. And so my vehicle of creating impact in this world has always been health and fitness. You know, if you asked me to go in the the financial world or the politics world, like I would be lost. I would suck. I would live in poverty. Like it, it just, it is what it is. I'm not that intelligent of a human being, but um, I'm really good at the health and fitness stuff. I love the health and fitness stuff. And so um, I've been really fortunate that my passion has has allowed me to live a certain lifestyle. And, you know, if, if nothing else, man, um, when I started this whole journey, you know, I, I had a corporate job. I was, I was doing well. Um, and I land, like, like, I don't, I don't know if I've ever told this story publicly. I landed like on a plane, I grabbed like this phone and I sent in my resignation letter with no meaning as to like why, right? Outside of the fact that the guy across the aisle way, he asked me questions about nutrition. And when we landed, I was so lit up. I'm like, why am I doing this corporate bullshit? Why am I not following my passion? Send in a resignation letter to a $200,000 job for nothing, no backup plan, nothing. And like, if that doesn't typify my approach to everything. Um, I don't know what does, but it at least sets the stage. I I'm massively humbled, grateful, and just honored to, to share this platform with you again, shout out to our boy chase for, for the connection. And, um, you know, even in the shows that we've had, man, like our vibe is dope. And so I, I think that hopefully the next hour or so people are really going to get a lot out of, and I hope I can bring as much value as possible. I mean, you already just served so many fucking home runs right there. First of all, one of the things I wanted to start with is that you have one of your hashtags is impact over everything. And that was something that I wanted to ask you right out the gate. Like, what does that even mean? I want to ask you that, but I have to come in and I'm such a fucking rabbit hole. I got to pull on a couple of strings here because I need to say, um, and I can't help it because this is my passion and, and really like an innate talent, you know, you say, and I know it's, it's a form of being humble, but you know, words are an experience. So I pick at them. Uh, you know, you're, you're really nutrition and health are like, these are your passions, but if you go into finance or 
politics is like, you know, you're stupid. I think it's really that when we are passionate about whatever it is, we just to fucking apply ourselves on a whole nother level. The day that you decide that that's your shit, you're going to apply yourself on a whole nother level. And one thing I can add to that, that really kind of validates it is one of the parts of conversation that I'm excited to have with you is that you are the coach of coaches, right? So you, I mean, you literally just came off of an event that was super successful and you've built a really successful business. I mean, you started as a health coach, but you've, I mean, you're a fucking incredible entrepreneur now and, and it's, it's on a whole nother level. And so you've had to, you know, maybe it's not a full focus on finance, but to operate a business, sure. it's a sport. It's a, it's a right. And so, and we're going to talk about that because there's some powerful things, you know, I mean, I think we can both agree that nutrition, fitness, business, the mindset skill transfers that take place. Like there's so many metaphors that you can use, you know, like the example of uh, calories and diet as it pertains to money or vice versa, you know, there's just so much crossover that I I often use as metaphors and I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, would you feel the same way? Well, it's, it's really funny. I think that, and I'm sure it pertains to most industries, but obviously my exposure is the business world and the nutrition coaching world. Right. Like, and so, um, like you said, like my, my background is in just nutritional coaching individuals. And then obviously I crossed over into the business world the number of parallels and mirrors that I see are absurd and almost to the point that I think they're, they're the same. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I haven't spent time in very many other industries, so I couldn't speak directly to it, but to imagine that they're there as well. Um, you know, all things in life end up being somewhat similar. And, you know, the one thing I can say inside the business world is I don't think business is that complicated. And I don't think that nutrition is that complicated but the application of the simplification is where the complication lives. Right. (laughs) And, and so it's like, that's, that's where people get caught up. And, Mm -hmm. and that's where the modern marketer has kind of ruined us because Mm -hmm. they recognize that there's a perceived complexity to it all. And they want to dig pain at that perceived complexity Mm -hmm. and, and they want to prevent solutions that are very short sighted, Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't really take into account an ecosystem and, and that's in business. Right. But if we look at nutrition mm-hmm. and, and we, it's really the same thing. Yeah. And so nutrition is very simple at its core. It should mm-hmm. be anyway, it's not yeah. complex, but your everyday dieter today, they perceive it to be extremely complex. Right. And so marketers now dig at that complexity. They dig at the failures you've experienced. Mm-hmm. And, and what do they talk about? They talk about things that are very short-sighted in nature, losing weight today, losing weight this week, losing inches this month. Right. And so they dig at, at they put band-aids on, on a much larger problem. Now, if we were to take a step back and zoom out and look at the whole ecosystem that is the human being and is the nutritional status, right? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, everything that's being marketed is actually not much of a solution at all. It is a component of a much larger solution that needs to be understood. And, And that's where it's like, oh my gosh, like this is happening in business. This is happening in nutrition. And, and it's, it's crazy to me. Um, and I love it because again, like my passion that journey and being able to pick that apart and being able to connect with other people. That's been dope. That's amazing. Um, okay. So just so I don't lose that, I really wanted to ask you, what does impact over everything mean? Um, you know, it's, it's words. So when I left 
for those that don't know my background story, I'll be really quick. Um, no, please take your time. I mean, as so much time as you need. I, I was an anorexic, um, at 18 and, you know, at that time in my life, I was, um, I thought I was gonna be a professional golfer, right? Like that was, that was everything. And so I went and, you know, I, I went through the whole anorexia thing. I was literally 48 hours from being from like a clinical intervention, like my family and my doctor. And I overcame that and I changed my major in school, like, you know, went and got, got a degree in exercise science, fitness and nutrition. And um, when I was at school, people started asking for my help and mm. I, I was never a financial thing. And I, at that moment, I knew that this, this world of health and fitness had changed my life. And I made a declaration to myself in that moment, I will always choose impact over everything. And so I didn't know what it was I was going to do in life. I had no idea. I actually ended up turning pro playing golf like a year later. So like while I was away at Florida state, I was like, you know, fuck this whole college life thing. I'm going to get really good at golf again. And I, I turned pro and, and traveled the world for two years. I was the worst professional golfer ever, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I, I did do that. And, you know, I just, I just said, no matter what the vehicle is, I'm going to change lives. I want to change lives. And, um, you know, I've always, I've watched the Tony Robbins of the world, the Jim Rohns of the world. And, and I've always been like, man, like it was never, it was never fame. It was never anything like that, but it was like that impact. Like it, it just drew me in, like, like watching, like sitting in a room full, I was at Funnel Hacking Live last year, sitting in a room with 6,000 people and everybody was like glued to every word Tony Robbins said. And I was like, man, I want that level of impact. And so it's, it's always been my thing. So whether it's me here, whether it's Chase, you know, helping podcasters, whether it's Christian coaches helping their clients, whether it's doctors helping their patients, you know, whatever, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't care. I love to network with the people that are creating and choosing impact over everything in their lives. And, and when you make that choice, it's amazing how life opens up for you. And so it's just, it's three words that I've, I've lived by. Um, it's three words that I'll promote until the day I die. And it's the rally cry of my community. You know, we call ourselves the army of impact. And, mm. um, you know, we've, at this point, we're super fortunate. We put 5,000 coaches through a program and, um, wow. you know, we got, we got a big old army out there that are choosing impact over everything and improving the health status of a nation. You know, I mean, you just look at where we are, man, it's, it's crazy. You know, it's, uh, it's something that's just so needed and it's something I'm, I'm excited to, to lead. Yeah, that's so amazing. It's really beautiful and powerful. And I, it resonates with me for sure, because I mean, that's where my brand was built from and yeah. podcasts, everything under the brand, you know, it's, it's, it's realizing that you have this innate ability and passion that supports individuals to, you know, rise and thrive in their life in whatever capacity, depending on who you are. And so it really does, um, you know, that resonates powerfully with me. One thing that I want to, you know, really just start the conversation with now is I want to go back actually to when you said, you know, you had an eating disorder and, you know, essentially I'm, I'm a firm believer that if it's not purpose, it's at least, at least passion, uh, that is developed oftentimes when we reach a real deep level of pain, right? Like something fucking happens in your life that puts you in this position where, you know, you just, I don't know, you, now you're look, for example, when I was 17, I blew my knee out three surgeries, Taekwondo, I'm going to move through this fast. And, you know, I'm proud to that I'm a fucking mesomorph. I always have an eight pack. I mean, it's just my genes, my family, whatever. 
American diet, fast forward a couple of years later, you know, I had no mobility in my knee, da, 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 gained all this weight. I had no tools. Like I wasn't a geek like I am now. I, I never had to, you know, I was young. And essentially, like in hindsight, it's what really put me on the path to discover all of these passions and, and really drove me to my purpose. Like, so biology, neuroscience and, and really empowering. So when we think purpose, it's like, I'm here to fucking empower individuals, specifically in my business, women to reach for that fullest potential in their life. Right. And to thrive. So, but if I trace it all back and I love doing that, right. Like peel the layers. It's like, man, that pain that I lived with in all those years of trying to essentially kind of get to homeostasis where I was overweight and I didn't, that was, that was a huge driver. So I want to go back there. Um, if you're cool with it and yeah. just kind of pick apart that, cause it's almost like that was the, the starting point. Right. And then after you would, you know, do the whole resonation and like, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, they, they say in life, you're not given more than you can handle. Right. And, and so it's, it was always intriguing to me because at that time, you know, it's, um, I've only recently started to talk about it, but that time I, it also drove me into like being suicidal and, you know, it, um, anybody that undertakes an eating disorder, there's something else going on, right? Like, I, I don't think anybody has a negative relationship with food. I tend to think that most people have a negative relationship with themselves or with something else in their life and the vehicle becomes a negative relationship with food. And that's obviously what happened to me. Um, you know, for me, I have very low self-confidence. I, um, I was looking for an outlet to increase my confidence. I was looking for validation and I was looking to be wanted, needed, desired. And, and so I thought that changing my body would be that vehicle. If I changed my body, I would become more desired and, and more liked and more alpha or, you know, whatever yeah. at those times. And, you know, I look back on it now and, and I would never ever in my wildest dreams wish that on my own worst enemy, because here we are today. That was 18, 18 years later, I'm 36 to sit here and lie to you and say that I don't still at moments have anorexic tendencies. Mm -hmm. I, I, there would be a complete lie. Right. And I think anybody that's battled an eating disorder will tell you that it's, first of all, it's a nervous system disorder, right? Anorexia is anorexia nervosa, right? It is a nervous system issue. Like you don't just rewire your brain right? You just tend to channel that energy a little bit better. And so really like the solution with like most things is, is awareness. And so I, I'm always aware of the, the subsequent repercussions of the actions that follow the thoughts. And so it was put in my life because now if you look at the movement that I've led, right, I look at my nutritional approach and we call it the connection-based model. And when I first came into the space and I coached lots of individuals seven, eight years ago, uh, I, my big unique opportunity was that I was like, listen, you don't need another diet. You don't need more macros. You don't need to learn how to eat healthier. You, you need somebody to fucking lean on, right? You yeah. need connection to a human being. You need connection to your plan. And so everything we do, it comes back to connection. And I think when I look back to that, like, go through that disconnected from the world, disconnected from my parents, disconnected from my siblings, disconnected from friends, significant others, like you name it. I lacked every ounce of connection, but as I went through it, what did I do? Well, I hired every professional under the sun. Right. And, and what did that do to me? It exposed all the holes in the system. So here I was the, the single most broken person in a 
firsthand experience, then learning from the professionals in the space, seeing what lacked. And yet here we are today. And I fundamentally overhauled so much of what happened in the nutritional space in the last eight years. And it's like, I was given those things as a gift. And I was, I was given them as you're strong enough. You'll make it through just go. And I'm eternally grateful for it. But like I said, I would never turn around and wish it right. I think every major leader in life has something they've overcome. And, and I think they would all tell you, just like you started this off with, that was the catalyst for their success. It was not whatever drew them backwards. It's like a slingshot, right? How do you propel something infinite distances forward? You've got to pull that motherfucker really far back, right? <laughs> and so for us to slingshot in life, we got to be pulled pretty far back. Um, and it just sucks at the time, but you, uh, you, know, you get through it, you persevere and, and you succeed. Well, it sucks at the time for sure. And I think it's also important to kind of just, you know, bring to the attention that uh, you didn't become a victim of your circumstances. And if anything, you kind of, you leveraged it as an opportunity for you to grow and for you to, you know, now be, you know, to move yourself down this whole other path where, you know, you discovered your passions. And I mean, listen, to go back to the the, the resignation on the phone, you know, of a very safe in quotations, because I laugh at that concept, right? Um, you know, well-paid job and then have with no plan and a fucking uncertain terrain, but you're like, I'm going like that. That's a very, and that's something that's a through line in my brain. I talk about like, that's a fucking level of self-trust. That's a level of, uh, just awareness and connection that, you know, I, I hope everybody integrates at some point, if not for most of their life, but that couldn't have necessarily have been easy for you in the moment, but you still took action. And just so I'm clear, uh, cause I'm like watching a movie. What was the timeline between, uh, you know, the coming out of the eating disorder and then that moment for you? It was, it was quite long. Right. And so from okay. the time I came out of the eating disorder, obviously I had a lot of growth to do physically mm-hmm. and like in, you know, as a person. Um, and so, you know, you don't go from anorexic and, you know, I, I achieved a lot of like cool, like bucket list things in between there. Right. Like, so mm-hmm graduated college. Like I went out and I lived in LA. I played on, you know, I played professional golf. Like I did some cool things, right. I became a sponsored like fitness model. Um, and so, but really at the core of it, I fucked around for 10 years. Right. Like I, I, I was like, Oh, this, this online coaching thing. Okay, cool. Like I made $4,000 this month. That's enough to pay my rent and my groceries and like, cool, I'm going to keep fucking off. And like, and I, I actually like it, it like I, I found myself at a point where I'm like, what am I actually doing? Um, and, and I actually uh, right after this hit rock bottom. Right. But I, I had this opportunity, right. I was doing online coaching and, and a company in Arizona. They basically said to me, like, Hey, come out. We have 600 clients. We want you to be like our, like your, you be the person to do nutrition for all of them. I'm like, what an amazing opportunity. They were all in my target market. And I'm like, this is super cool. Moved out to Arizona on a whim. Um, and I got there and like, I'm very, obviously if anyone's heard me talk anywhere, like I'm never short to speak my mind. And I went in their building and I'm like, great. You guys are like a $4 million company. I'm like, you're leaving like $10 million a year on the table. I'm like, like this place is so poorly run. And I just openly said it. And, and it wasn't like an attack. I just was like, guys, like you could yeah. really be doing better. And they were like, hmm, tell us more. And so I actually got hired as the GM. Like that was, that was the big paying job is they were like, they're like, prove yourself. Okay, cool. I made them a bunch of money literally in, in one week. And they're like, all right, you know your shit. Let's do it. So that's where I took the job. And I like 
there's probably a 12 year gap. Right. And for me at the time, I thought I was chasing finance. I really did. I was like, Oh, I made it up the ladder. I'm $200,000. You know, I come from nothing. Like I come from lower middle class. Like Mm -hmm. my parents didn't graduate college. They worked their asses off to get to where they were. Like, I mean, if nothing else, they set the best example in the world of what work ethic is. I'm eternally grateful to both of them. Um, but you know, it was, uh, I thought I made it and, and, you know, I rested for like months, like uneasy. Right. And I was like, why, if I made it, am, am I not happy? And, and so that, like, that was the pivotal moment is I was on a plane and, and happiness came into my life fleeting for like 20 minutes. And I just acted on impulse on that moment because something inside of me was like, that's what you're supposed to have in life, right? Fuck the money, fuck the security. Like that is what you're supposed to have. That happiness, that moment, that feeling, that passion, like that's what you're supposed to have. And I was like, okay, I'm going to chase it. That's dope. uh, Like that's, that literally was, that's the gap. And probably so important too, that you had got to this place, you arrived to this place where, you know, you kind of filled the buckets. Okay. I'm making the money. Um, you know, and, and I'm sure you're experiencing yourself in that role as a GM where you're, you're actually becoming more connected to yourself as a, a business person now too, not just right. Like, so you are connecting with that identity. I'm a firm believer that our identity shapes our reality. Right. And so now you're like getting these ingredients in, but then that, you know, you're still feeling, you know, this kind of like maybe pebble in your shoe of, of not feeling whole or complete. And then you're on the, on that plane, you get that moment and you're like, fuck it, I'm going. So you essentially kind of already had, you know, some level of confidence in yourself, even though you didn't necessarily know where the fuck next was. You just knew that you had to act upon that, that, that feeling. I, that. I had no idea what next was. Um, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I could play that whole weekend back out for you. I mean, where uh, the girl I was dating at the time, we were flying to see her parents. and I'll never forget. Like when we landed, I told her, I was like, I just did something crazy. And she was like, what'd you do? And I was like, I quit my job. She's like, are you fucking serious? And like, mind you, like <laughs> her values in life were mm-hmm. like security was like number one. And like, you want to talk about like awkward for like 30 minutes. It was really <laughs> awkward. Um, but like, you know, she's like, all right, well, whatever. I trust you. I'm sure you have a plan. And I was like, huh, yeah, some plan I have. Like, I don't really have any plan, but okay, sure. Like whatever. And, uh, you know, I, I'll never forget. Like I was, uh, I was calling people, asking them about their brands and, but you know, it's, it's crazy. I've never drawn this connection until right now. I identified three brands at that moment that I thought had potential. And I reached out to each of them and I was like, Hey, I could add value to your brand. Do you want to work together? And you know, it's crazy. And I literally like right now, like light bulb moment, never have talked about this or even thought about this Love it. is what I do for a living now is I accelerate other brands. Right. Mm -hmm. And yet like that moment where like I was most creative, most free, what did I do? I saw someone's brand and I was like, I can make you more, right. I can make you better. And like, now, like, what am I known for today? I make you more, I make you better. Like crazy. I never put that together (laughs) until right now, but like, holy shit, like in your most vulnerable moment, like the most real, raw, authentic version comes out. And it's crazy. Like, I, I mean, I can tell you what I do right now is what I'm meant to do. Like, I feel like I'm very good at it. I feel like I, um, I love to do it. It's not hard to wake up and do it. It's, uh, it, I love it. So that's, so, that's so badass. And I love that you just had, it was like almost like an epiphany and it's something yeah, that it I, yeah. And you know, what's dope is that, um, sorry, if I look down, that's cause Donna summer just started fucking playing on my phone. It was, 
Um, no, but you know, and it goes back to the beginning of the conversation, uh, where I said, you know, I, I feel authenticity and I feel that passion and I feel like all that stuff kind of works together because, you know, when you're operating from this place of real passion, you're not, you're not following, you're not following anything out there. You're fault. It's like, my term is you are a path creator. You, I actually have my, my first guided journals coming out, but the title of it is you are the path. It's like you are operating from such an internal, uh, source of inspiration and, and, and passion that you're just, you're, you're fucking, you don't even realize sometimes where you're pulling from and, and where you're really channeling yourself. But you know, um, yeah, I'll go on a tangent. Sorry. Let me, let me pull this back in. But anyways, it's so, it's fun, you know, because I've listened to so many talks um, that you've had, and we're certainly going to dive into, you know, fucking nutrition and, and, and the business. But um, I think it's so important, and this is just a personal interest of mine, is always like, where does the person come from? You know, like, again, it, it's not just because we're going to sit here and talk about adrenal fatigue and all, you know, the weight loss and body composition, all those things, but it's like, what drives that person to become excellent in their process, to exude greatness in their character, to be at such a level, and I'm putting this on you, where you know you are such a, you're a fucking authority. And it's a, you know, it's, and, and not everybody has that. You can take two people that know the same shit and they're not going to come across the same. So what makes that difference? And oftentimes I feel like, you know, it's digging into the backstory and like peeling these layers back because, you know, um, attributes, core values, all these things are really what, you know, formulate the identity that then creates the person's, you know, reality and 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 their and their impact in yeah. this world right yeah it's it's crazy because i made i made a post last night in like one of my communities and i was having this conversation with a private client i'm like oh you guys just inspired a post like i'll be right back and it was uh you know everyone says like why me why me and you know on the other side of that coin is like why not me and i truly have lived a life of why not me um you know, I'll use the golf reference. Like I picked up my first golf club at the age of 14 and my first driving range session, I probably missed the ball more times than I hit it. Right. Like it was really bad. And I had no business in any way becoming a professional golfer, but I promise you, I left that first range session thinking I could be the best in the world. Um, I'll, I'll never forget the first time I did CrossFit. I literally sent out an email blast to my list at the time, which was probably five people. But I was like, I was like, I'm going to be the CrossFit Games champion. Like I can be the best in the world. And when I started a nutrition coaching business, like I'll be the biggest in the world. And when I started business coaching, like I will build the biggest consulting company in the world. And I've never understood thoughts otherwise, because I also view success to be in like an inevitability, not really an option, right? right? right. Failure is failure is the choice. Mm -hmm. Success is inevitability. It will happen. If you acquire enough skills and you do the reps, it actually becomes highly unlikely and unreasonable that you will not become successful. The problem is that people make the choice to quit before they get to the inevitability in their life, right? So we're all supposed to be something. We're all supposed to do something. We fuck that path up at times, but at some point it's going to come to fruition. Yeah. We just make these crazy choices that are out of alignment. 
And so I've always like, like the one thing I think that's carried me through this, I think like where you're going is I've always taken actions and I've never had an expectation. People are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just doing it. I don't know. Like, and, and people are like, yeah, but like, why? I don't know. Like, where, like, like what's going to happen? I don't fucking know. And, and the truth is I don't. And yeah. you know what? I'm above ground this morning. Life's yeah. good. And, <laughs> and I, I like, I'm on a podcast with you and I hope one person hears this and I hope their life has changed. Like life's good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, that's, that's dope, you know? And it's like, man, think about, okay. The, the person that helped me out of anorexia, mm-hmm. like I've gotten to know her very well, right? She's a trainer. And I look at all the things in her life. And, and I promise you, there was something that triggered her to have the conversation with me when she did and almost facilitate an intervention. Yeah. And it's like, I bet she didn't know at the time why. And had she questioned why and made decisions off of why, she may not have helped me. Right. And so right. I think if we just live and we just do and we just be and we just enjoy, right. like, that, again, that success, it's an inevitability. Sure. Nobody was put on this earth to fail. Yeah. Nobody. It's like a fucking byproduct. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I believe that, especially when you're operating from, I think, your most authentic self. Um, I think that's really important. So, yeah, no, I love this. It's so it's it's fun to know you more. Okay, I'm going to pivot a little bit because I can I can literally hang out there for (laughs) a long fucking time with you. I love it. I I I actually want to move into I'm going to start picking your brain around. Uh, nutrition and body composition. But what I actually want to start with, if you're cool with it, is um, stress. You, there's a want. post that you you just put up, uh, you, actually a couple of things, like your last video I, I watched yesterday. Uh, so great. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read, if that's cool. I want to read. Good. Okay, cool. So this was uh, three underrated ways to improve body composition. Number one, stress control. Number two, improve sleep. Number three, parasympathetic inputs. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read the caption. I'm going to do it to my best ability. (laughs) We often think of body composition change purely from a nutrition training perspective. But if we dig just a little deeper, we quickly realize that nutrition and training are a function of stress and adaptation. At the core of all physical change, we are intentionally imposing a stressor to ultimately facilitate the desired adaptation. Easy, right? Well, kinda. It would be easy if this, it would be easy, wait, it would be this easy if all individuals had normal, in quotations, amount of stress. But let's be honest, that is just not the case. We are over-caffeinated, we don't sleep enough, we have you know, stressful home lives. We work way too many hours and oh yeah, we just came out of this crazy pandemic thing. Do you really think our current stress levels are normal? But as we understand our, that our proverbial stress cup is already nearly full by just waking up in the morning, that we must also understand how it affects the way we manage our approach to body composition change. We cannot continue overreaching, overtraining and overstress, overstressing. Instead, consider the fact that By increasing your recovery, you increase your potential to facilitate any result you desire, all in on controlling stress to create results. Okay, two things really quick. One, I think the value of this fucking topic is so important. I don't hear it enough. I love your specific brain and how you're able to fucking, you know, tease us apart and explain this. Um, I see it 
so often, you know, I've experienced it in my own life. You know, yeah. if I have a deload week and I'm just like doing more recovery, it's like, woo, inflammation. Yeah, down. Like things, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, there, you know, so, um, but I also think it's, it's, it's really important because you even named a couple of things and they're like, where the, where the majority of society are kind of living in their stress levels right now, considering all things. So can we, can we, can I pick at your brain a little bit of that? Or yeah. can you just no, wrap out yeah, about that? Yeah, let's unpack it, man, as okay. much as you want to know. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Please. Well, I'll give you I'll give you foundationally kind of how I came across this, right? And and like where my where my passion for it really came from was, you know, I mentioned I got into CrossFit. And so originally I understood all things body comp change from a bodybuilding perspective. And you know, circa 2010, CrossFit got really popular, right? CrossFit was founded like 07-ish. Um, I found CrossFit 2012. And I found CrossFit at that time and paleo was really popular. And I was like, well, I know a little bit and that's not right. And so I always joke, I was the most hated nutritionist in CrossFit before I was the most loved nutritionist in CrossFit. <laughs> um, and I, I went in and I was just like, this just isn't right. And so then I, I hired a coach and I was like, I'm going to go to the CrossFit games. But I treated my nutrition like that of a bodybuilder. So I was fueling training sessions from a physique perspective, meaning I wanted to stay lean. I wanted to make gains. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work like because it fails to understand the stress in position that CrossFit is, yeah. right? The high intensity exercise is a completely different stressor on the nervous system and physically than bodybuilding is, right? Yeah. And, and then bodybuilding has different connotations. Now we're talking about RPE, you know, did you go to failure? Are you doing power? Like blah, blah, blah. Right. And so I started to realize, oh my gosh. And, and I'm not kidding you. I destroyed my own HPA axis destroyed. And I, I was doing two, three day, two to three training sessions a day. Mm -hmm. And I would struggle to get off the couch and go to the second one. So bad. So that like, when I hit rock bottom, I remember I loved the back squat. Um, mm-hmm. I like I'll brag about my numbers. Like at a buck eighty-five, I was back squatting five thirty-five, and like somewhere out there, there's a video of me doing four hundred five for twenty unbroken. Like wow, I, I had great lifts, right? Yeah. And so I used to like you knew if there was a squat bar, Jason was there, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. And I'll never forget. I went in one day. I put the bar on the rack. I put one thirty-five on each side. I did a rep, and I walked out of the gym. And I was wow. so tired, so over, and I was like, something's wrong. Yeah. And, and it began my investigation. It's where I started to understand the role of the HPA axis in, in all things change. And then what I started to realize is the HPA axis is largely affected by like stress, right? Mm-hmm. And then I started to put two and two together. And it's really where I developed this whole strategy. And actually, if you were to come to one of my courses, the first thing I'll tell you is like over the next 48 hours, no matter what, I mean, proteins, carbs, fats, carb cycling, you know, hormones, whatever, it all comes down to one simple thing. And that is like the axis of stress and recovery. And if you don't understand that basic principle, you don't understand physical change. The end, whether it's performance, whether it's aesthetics, whether it's the ability to live longer, right? The three categories of change. You don't understand the role of stress and recovery. You don't understand those three things. You're just putting a bandaid on something temporarily and ultimately your system will break. And, and that was when the game changed for me. That was when everyone's like, oh my God, I got to listen to this guy. And I, I actually believe that we fundamentally changed so much about how people talk about nutrition mm-hmm. with those discussions, you know, all the way back. And 
I probably started talking big about this in 2014, 2015. Um, but that was when, you know, I really started to notice a big shift in how people approach things. Ladies, I am so excited to let you know that Queendom, Black Belt Beauty's exclusive membership community for women only, has officially opened her doors and is welcoming new members. Queendom is an exclusive community of high-minded, empowering, supportive, badass women who are all on a mission to live from their fullest potential in life. This empowered space is monitored by me personally to ensure that it is non-toxic, non-competing, and an inspiring, energetic environment. What this membership includes is one monthly live Zoom call with me, where I take you on a deep dive and a specific focus for the month. So think topics like self-love, self-confidence, and vitality. These topics are vital to living from your fullest potential in life. So these talks are going to support you to get more clarity on them and help you to develop and strengthen your relationship with them in your life. You get one monthly challenge that is specific to the focus for the month for stronger development and progress in that area. You get a monthly workbook with a summary of that topic and journal prompts around the subject. You get a variety of intentional meditations that I create to help you get rooted in specific areas of yourself and your life. You get exclusive Black Boat Beauty Radio podcast guest content for Queendom members only. And ladies... I love to have fun, so you can expect to have a lot of it in Queendom. There will be several pop-up virtual events, including more live coaching sessions with me, beauty sessions, training sessions, cooking hangs, master classes and Q&As, all with high-level guest experts. You also get my VIP High Performance Vault, so think my top tools that I rely on to feel my best, to look my best, and to perform my best in life. Above all, you get community and accountability support from the incredible members of Queendom who are on aligned missions to live from their fullest potential in life. You know, one of my favorite quotes that sums up my aim with Queendom is this one by Reid Hoffman. No matter how brilliant your mind or strategy, if you're playing a solo game, you will always lose out to a team. You guys, I want you all to be winning in your life from within and out. And I'm a firm believer that teamwork truly does make the dream work. So I've designed Queendom to be exactly that, a team of women who are supporting the best in each other to actualize their dreams into life. So the cost for all of this is just $40 a month. And that price is exclusive to this period of enrollment only. For those who purchase a full year of membership upfront, you get one month of membership for free. Investing in this membership is investing in yourself. So if you're ready to join Queendom, go to blackbeltbeauty.com to sign up or click the link in the show notes. Ladies, let's seek the fight together in 2021 as a badass team of empowered queens. Membership has its privileges. I can't wait to see you and support you in the Queendom. It's so huge. I mean, listen, I'm 42. I'll be 43 in May. My 
goals and kind of directives and tensions with my nutrition and my fitness over, you know, the last several decades has, has, has changed what I can say now and what has been the case for, you know, maybe like the last eight years. Um, I, I, I want to perform, right. So I have various, you know, weight, weightlifting, uh, sprints, jujitsu, all the shit. Um, I want to be able to perform well. I, I definitely have a body composition that I, you know, like to uphold. Um, but then I also am very, very mindful and passionate about like what I call age, like a badass, right? So it's like, love that, right? Like longevity. Like I want my cognition at fucking 80, if I get to live there to be on fire and get out of a chair without needing your help, you know, that kind of thing. But these are three very specific kind of goals, right? Like, cause if you, if I was just focused on longevity, the, the, maybe some of the things would be very um, different and focused just on that. If it was just about performance, then we're going to shift nutrition. And, you know, if it's just body composition. So where I'm going with this is that, um, you know, I'm at an age now where like literally what rules me is keep your fucking thyroid happy, keep your horn. And that dictates yeah. everything that I'm doing. Right. Why this is so important is because first of all, I think that, um, you know, we get this, there's not enough conversation a about this subject, but then where it gets really complicated and confusing and sets people in the wrong direction is like, there's these kind of blanket statement, uh, directives. And, you know, when it comes to diet and training and it's like, dude, how old are you? What's your fucking lifestyle? What's your goal? Like, all this stuff makes a difference. And, and it really all comes back to, I mean, this piece right here, does this make sense? Did I say that? Okay. Well, like, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, everything you're talking about is a function of, of foundational stress. Yeah. Right? So obviously as we age, our ability to mitigate stress declines, right? Mm -hmm. So our proverbial stress cup has shrunk. When yeah. we talked about like, look at myself, like I have a ridiculous background, meaning I was anorexic, completely mm -hmm. overstressed. I was, I, I destroyed my HPA axis overstressed. And that goes into like a whole nother principle. I believe I'm nervous system adapted, right? Mm -hmm. I, I run a multi-million dollar company. Well, yeah. three of them, right? Yeah. I, uh, let's see, I travel almost every week. Yeah. Um, if you don't think I'm waking up with a super high level of foundational stress, you're crazy. And yeah. so, and I can tell you at 36 for me to go and do CrossFit twice a week, is like me doing it twice a day, every day, seven days when I was like 18. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's nuts because I hate that. Right. Yeah. The athlete in me is like, yeah. I want to go fuck shit up. Right. And <laughs> the, the old man in me is like, pump your fucking brakes. If you want to be alive <laughs> when you're 80. Right. And, and so, you know, it's, it's so different. Yeah. Um, and, but it, it all comes back to this foundational principle, you know, the, if you're somebody that's eating nothing but fast food in and of itself, like mm -hmm. that's a mild stressor, right? If, if you're having inflammation in your gut, right? So if you've got gut health issues, that's a stressor, that's foundational stressor, right? No wonder you're having a hard time changing. Um, yeah. obviously we know that an abundance of stress over time is going to affect the HPA. When you look further down that cascade, now we're talking sex hormones, we're talking thyroid, right? We're talking all of these things that modulate old ability to produce change. And, and, and everybody thinks of change. Like when I say that word, body fat loss and muscle gain, that's not just change, right? We're talking about facilitating any adaptation. We're talking about, um, you know, 
we could talk about all like longevity markers, right? Mm-hmm. And and to be honest, I haven't looked at how stress and and I uh, this is an assumption, but um, how it affects autophagy, cellular senescence, things like that that are mm-hmm. like that are associated with living longer. But I I have to imagine if you bring stress down, you know, your ability to facilitate autophagy is much higher. Your your rate of cellular senescence is much higher, which we know will help you live a longer life. But I do have definitive research on you want to perform better. You want to get stronger. You want to get faster. You want aerobic threshold, anaerobic threshold, you name it. Mm -hmm. You have to be close to that homeostatic balance. You can't be stressed one way or the other. And if you want to lose fat, if you want your body to go against its natural instincts, because mm-hmm. remember, we're as humans, we're put on this earth to survive, thrive, and procreate, not to mm-hmm. walk around shredded. Yeah. So it is our body's natural instinct to store fat, not to give up body fat. So mm-hmm. if you want your body to go against its natural instinct, you damn well better have recovery. You better not be overstressed. And most people that struggle to lose fat, like that one thing would change everything for them. Um I was having a conversation with a friend the other day and she said something to the effect of like, when I heard that sleep actually helped you lose fat, it changed my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was like one of those hardest worker in the room kind of people. And I'm like, great, but like hardest worker in the room, least amount of sleep, not the most ripped in the room. Cause that's not what you're going after. Right. <laughs> so you really got to know what are your goals too. You know um, you can't expect to get ripped and, and stay ripped and live to a hundred years old. You right. can't expect to get ripped, stay ripped, and win the CrossFit game, right? Yeah. So, you know, like my guys that are in the NFL, I don't give a shit what you look like. Right. Like right. when you accept that that NFL Super Bowl trophy, yeah. they didn't say, here's a Super Bowl trophy for having the best abs. Right. They said, here's a Super Bowl trophy for being the best, for winning the game, right? And yeah. I think people misunderstand goals. That's a whole other thing. Um, they misunderstand well, that as well. No, that's huge. That's what I, that's something I wanted to pull on with you is like, then would you say that identifying what your goals really are and not just in this generic, I want to lose weight, but like what really you got to dig deeper. Like what are the goals to them better be able to, you know, collect the, you know, valuable and effective information, diet, training, recovery, that will, will get you to that goal. Right. So, so are you familiar with, um, my, like my principle that I call the triangle of awareness? No. Okay. All right. So, I really believe there's three types of goals with any health and fitness regimen, right? There's like, if we, if we'll use like a triangle, right? So up top there's performance, like bottom corner, there's aesthetics. And then like bottom other corner, there's longevity. Okay. Right? Simple triangle. Okay? Yeah. So that's it. Right. So right. everything can be categorized somewhere under those three. Mm-hmm. Now, if we look at the triangle, it's such a beautiful example because each point of the triangle is a maximal distance from the other points. Mm-hmm. So the more we chase absolute performance, um, let's use, you know, we'll use CrossFit and football. The more we chase being the CrossFit Games champion, the the fittest man or woman in the world, or the NFL champion, the less we give a fuck about your aesthetics and the less we give a fuck about your longevity, right? Right. Nobody, I promise you, Tom Brady did not get blood work. (laughs) And they did not say, Tom, you're the Super Bowl MVP because you have the best blood work, right? Right. They didn't strip him down naked and say like, hey, you won the Super Bowl MVP because you're the best looking guy on the field, mm-hmm. right? Right, yeah. They cared yeah, about his performance exactly. and his right. performance right. only. And so whoever was fueling him should only give a shit about two things, performance and recovery, mm-hmm. the end. We're not yeah. talking about like, right? And so when I work with NFL guys, their longevity markers, if we were to look at things, they're finding as we go through the season. And that's okay because yeah. then we get into periodization where there's times where we rebuild that. Mm-hmm. But the same thing with aesthetics. Let's use the pinnacle of aesthetics, right? Mr. Olympia, 
Yeah. This is a great one. So when we look at Mr. Olympia last year, big Rami, he won it, right? 300 and some odd pounds. And he's just anybody that can have like veins in their ass with 300. <laughs> it's your freak show. Like it's amazing. Right. Um, but so this guy goes out and he wins Mr. Olympia. I'll tell you, there's two things they never asked him for that night. No one ever asked him for his blood work to prove his health. Cause let's be crystal clear. That dude's not healthy. Right. <laughs> and and number two, nobody asked him what his fucking back squat, his bench press were, and certainly didn't ask him to go for a run because he might have died, right? And and so then we look at like the like the longevity point and we say, all right, people that are living to be 110 years old, well, what's the advice that we give to them? Well, sleep a lot, like hang out in like a cold, dark room and go for walks on the beach, right? So nobody ever accused you of looking really good naked and nobody ever accused you of being the highest performer in the world. And so we have these three very distinct targets Mm -hmm. and nobody wants to acknowledge them because, you know, as somebody that helps people with health and fitness, what is the one thing everybody says when you ask them their goals? I want to look good and I want to feel better. Right. So you want to lose body fat and you want to age better. Oh, and by the way, you probably want to get better in the gym. So you want everything all the time. Mm -hmm. That's the real root problem is nobody knows what they're trying to achieve now. And so I live by a statement with my clients. You can have it all. You just can't have it all at the same time. Yeah. And that leads us into like a periodization where we attack one goal. We go through a recovery phase. We go through an off season phase. And then we go into a pre-diet of the next phase. Categorized into four phases. Um, and, and you see it, right. It's really easy to understand with athletes, right. NFL right. guys, they have a season, they have an off season, right. They go through postseason recovery. They have mm-hmm. an off season where they actually get better at the sport. And then they have a preseason where they play the game. Right. Why aren't we treating all humans like that? Because at the end of the day, our sport is life. So when you no, that's start huge. it's crazy. Well, it's huge because I was just going to say, you know, I mean, to, you know, a, a professional athlete or people who are really kind of at a higher level, um, integrating this stuff, like this stuff makes sense. They're, you know, they have coaches or being guided, but to the kind of everyday person, to the, to the woman or the guy who's listening to this episode right now, who's like not on that level, but wants to, you know, it's, they need, I just wanted to make this very put emphasis from your voice that this is a very important component, like to know a, what your goals are, and then to make sure that, you know, um, this piece of, you know, your content, like, uh, the, the content, the content, the post that I just read, um, the stress, like making sure that your recovery is such a big part of the game. I mean, one of your, um, conversations with, uh, Sal Stefano, who I love just had the podcast. It was like this little clip and you ended on, you're like, I would bet over something like this, like over 80% of the people listening to this podcast right now, to this need to eat more and rest more, like something like that, which is not, it was something like that. Right. Um, I would would argue the same statement is true to this. I I think that's humanity in general. Right. But if if you think about it from, from a dietary perspective, right. Every dietary, every dietary endeavor does what it navigates away from homeostasis. Mm -hmm. When you look at the typical approach from any culture, right. But especially Western culture, it's like diet, come off your diet. Yeah. But typically come off your diet is more stressors, right? Because it's not quality food. So it's like stress, right. more stress, stress, more stress. And when does like your average dieter ever return to homeostasis? Mm-hmm. And they don't. And so honestly, if somebody wants to check themselves and they want to ask themselves why they're not seeing results, I would be willing to bet. I don't know this to be true, but I'd be willing to bet that there's a correlation between the total number of dietary attempts 
and the speed at which you create results. The lower the number of dietary attempts, the faster you create results. Yeah. The more dietary attempts you've had in your world, the less, like, like the slower you create results. And I would almost guarantee that to be true. Um, and I would challenge somebody to like look at themselves in the mirror and ask themselves, how many times have I tried dieting? Oh shit, that's why my results suck because I've never recovered from all of that. Well, that's so huge. And it leads me to this thought of something I heard you say, um, forgive me if I'm not saying it exactly right, but it's like, you haven't earned the right for fat loss or to, and that's fucking powerful. I mean, this is thought leadership because we don't hear that often, but it's so true. And it's so, it's so important. You have to fucking earn the right. And if you've been on like most people, especially in, you know, America, it's like the seasonal, like, Oh, it's the holidays again. I'm just going, and then oh, it's new year's Eve. I'm going into like, I'm losing all you're on this cycle. Even if you're not, you know, a fucking UFC fighter, like going in and out of weight cuts or, you know, like my brother who's, you know, competing in the Olympia, like you're doing it just at a different level. And so you're not realizing that you're, you are decreasing your, uh, your ability or that right rather like you frame it to actually make these changes to lose that body fat. You said, yeah. you said your brother's competing via, right? This was his fifth year. Yeah. He okay. made it so there's, so here's a perfect example. If you were to go to him and you said, Hey man, do you want to do a, sh a show every two weeks for six months? Ask him, ask him what would happen. Yeah. And he would tell you by like the last five shows, his body would be non-responsive. Yep. Right. Because yeah. it's continuous stress, stress, right. At some point he has to earn back to look the way he wants to look. Yeah. Right. So that's that at the highest level. Well, mm -hmm. we're not him. We don't have his level of diligence, right? We're, mm -hmm. we're not, we're not professional yeah. athletes that are getting paid to do this. And so even at like the lowest level of diligence, we have to re-earn that right. And remember, I tell everybody, you know, I understand the dietary craze was 1200 calories or the thing, 800 calories or the thing. Nobody put a gun to your head and said you had to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody pulled you into an alleyway and put a gun and said, hey, eat 1200 calories. You did it to yourself. And I know there was a lot of misinformation, but you still did it, which means you're the one that has to recover. And I hate having that conversation with clients, but they're like, okay, I get it, right? Yeah. And it's the hardest concept to really master because it's so counterintuitive, but right. it's uh, you know, I always try to explain it in a way where it is intuitive, you know, to, to really have the right to lose fat, to like earn the right to lose fat, you have to reestablish homeostasis. So the real question becomes, when have you ever focused on establishing homeostasis? Yeah. Almost everybody will answer that question. Never. That's why we have a dietary issue. Yeah, no, it's so true. It's, it's, it's very logical to me. And, you know, probably a good place to insert this question. And, um, you know, well, it's really two parts. I'm really excited to ask you. Yeah. So biofeedback, it's something. So, you know, when I said, uh, you know, I'm always uh, like my thyroid, I want my hormones to be happy. And that's really dictating everything in my training and my diet. So as, as an example, um, you know, I'm very strong in the mind and I know the difference between my mind trying to keep me small and like, oh, I'm being lazy. Maybe I'm not even lazy, but like, just like, oh, I don't feel like, I don't, I don't think that you're lazy. It's like an art for me to say that. Like I'm fucking lazy, but like, I, there are those days where I'm like, fuck, I don't feel like doing it. You know? Um, I know that difference versus like, no, I'm, I'm tired right now. Like it's a nervous system fucking thing. And yep. I can go through and go like, how'd you sleep? What's the stress load in your, um, also another form of feedback, but I really want you to talk about this is like, just to give an example, 
there are some days, especially Lyle McDonald, really, I learned a lot from, from that man about like, he's such a fucking, like, Lyle, Lyle is Lyle. Lyle. We like, all, we all love him and we all don't love him. But he's just Lyle, like, Lyle. you know, but he really did teach a lot. I learned a lot of valuable information specifically about like female, you know, the body and like, he's like, extremely intelligent. He's probably right? intelligent humans when it comes to the female body on this earth. Yeah. And just like, it's almost like nature doesn't want us to, you know, really get into lower body fat, right. For survival and all that. It doesn't for men either, to be fair, but it's okay. way worse for women. It's harder for, yeah. So it's harder for women to, okay. So when I feel myself feel, and I know the difference of emotional eating, I'm not really an emotional eater, but on those days where I feel hungrier, I, I understand that there's something happening in me where it's like, and, and this, you know, really, you help me understand this one. Let me frame it like that. Nutrition is a form of recovery. Yes. So maybe I needed to get more of the, you know, nutrients from my food to help me recover because of what I've been doing. So can you talk about some of these, um, some of the biofeedback? I mean, I just named a few, but maybe you can just, you know, mention some more, just talk about that a little bit because, I also think that people, people ask me this a lot, like my coaching, my girls, like, how do you know the difference? How do you know when it's, you know, emotional eating versus I need to recover or, oh, I don't feel like doing it versus no, I need to fucking chill out and like do some yoga or go on a walk or whatever, sleep more. So everything should be reasonably logical. And I think that we all try to beat logic, which is insanity to me. <laughs> um, you know, it, it makes sense that, you know, I, first of all, I have a sense follows the physiological. Say it so, again. Sorry, you cut out. The, the physical follows the physiological. Mm-hmm. And so the physical change you desire is only going to follow having your physiology on point. Mm-hmm. And so when we say that, it's like, all right, well, you can't go and starve yourself and expect physical change to happen because at some point your physiology will kick in and say, fuck you, like I need to survive. I don't need to change physically. Um, and so it's pretty logical, right? I ask this question all the time at like our level one cert, like what happens when you start eating less? And everyone's like, you get hungry. No shit, right? That's what your body's supposed to do. Your body is literally saying to you, hey, eat more because I'm navigating away from homeostasis. Mm-hmm. At some point, your body your only understands forever. It doesn't understand timeline. Yeah. And so when you start eating less, your body instantly extrapolates that to I'm going to be eating less forever, Okay. And it's like, well, what does it do at that point? It downregulates its metabolism because if it continues to use up fuel at the same rate, it will at some point run out of that. It will sometimes run out of muscle. It will run out of body fat. It will no longer be able to insulate its organs and you will no longer survive. You will die. You, your body is a very intelligent machine guarding against dying, right? (laughs) At at its, at its core, that is what it does, right? It's, it's designed to keep you alive. And so we start to understand there are, there are things, right? So well, when your body fat gets lower, well, you, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to have more sex. So you don't have sex drive, right? You're mm-hmm. not thinking about producing like procreation at that moment. It's thinking about survival. So that's why your sex drive goes down as your body fat gets lower. Your cognition is lower. Your body's thinking about survival. Your thought is not going to be as clear. Your hunger, your hunger level should be high. At some point, they completely shut off because you have hormonal imbalances. So when something is not logical, you yourself, okay, this shouldn't be happening. I might be going too far. Meaning like if you're just starting a diet and you're like, I don't want to train. Okay. You're probably being lazy, right? You're because you haven't been in a deficit very long. Mm -hmm. You just don't like the fact that you're dieting and you can't have your fucking pizza anymore. Right. (laughs) Like sack up and get to the gym. 
But if you've been dieting for like eight, 10 weeks and you're tired and you find yourself not wanting to go to the gym three days in a row, you might want to look at yourself and be like, I've been in a deficit almost three months. Okay. This might be too much. I might need to refeed out for a week. I might need a maintenance week before I resume this. And so logic should dictate most things. It's can you be (laughs) rational enough for logic? Yeah. Right. That's, that's what it comes down to. It's so good. Yeah. Well, I think, um, yeah, that's, that's a beautiful way to put it. I think, uh, it's not common. I think that it's more, I'll focus on women specifically because in my coaching, you know, it's, it's, it's geared towards women, but there is this disconnect and they're not able to assess, you know, really put that one plus one is two, that logic together. I think but, most people have a hard time with themselves anyway. Isn't yeah. this, why, this is why I had a job for so many years while all my clients have jobs, right? Because when can you ever be that honest with yourself, especially about something as emotional as your physical state? I was going to say, don't you, do you think it's, it's a bit of avoidance because Absolutely. right. Absolutely. Cause you like fucking when know. I have, when I have a burger and fries tonight, I am just, I'm going to justify it with, I need to recover, but let's be honest. I really want a fucking burger and fries tonight. And I already made a commitment to myself. So whatever happens between, I mean, it's like, what is it here? It's four o'clock here. Whatever happens between like now and seven o'clock, it is all going to be one massive justification of me telling myself I can have a burger and fries. That's so huge. We got to put that in here because, you know, it's like, and and everyone who knows me, like I keep it fucking real. It's like, because you cannot make progress in any area of your life internally, externally, if you are not facing the truth. Right. Amen. Right. Fucking man. Like, <laughs> it's like, every program you give me, whether you're a nutrition client, whether you're a business client, whether mm-hmm. you're a business partner, rule yeah. number one, tell the truth. Right. Totally. And and if you can't, now, ironically, like one of the first exercises I put business coaches through is a moment of truth. And I have a special way of doing it. I'm happy to share with you off the air. But like yeah. it is it is a dark moment of truth where reality comes out because most people are on a search for tactics. Mm-hmm. And what you realize is you've acquired how many tactics in the last weeks, months, and years? A lot. Yeah. What's the one common denominator of all the tactics? Well, it's you. Yeah. And until you fix the motherfucker that's implementing the tactics, mm-hmm. tactics ain't going to fix shit. <laughs> and it's like, and that from an inability most of the time to tell the truth. And yep. Man, like when you change that, everything in your life changes. It just fucking does. And it doesn't matter how hard it is to face the truth. You are now at the official starting point to make the difference for progress. Absolutely. So, so good. Okay, listen, I have to be mindful of your time. I know you want to get to your burger and your fries. Um, Can I I ask you, um, can we move into business um, for a little... I I just want to, I want to touch on the, um, and then there's a couple things I do to wrap out the conversation uh, with my guests, but you know, one of the things that we connected on in our first conversation was self mastery. Right. And, um, you know, you have a three part coaching mastery and I was, I was digging into it and I was like, this is fucking great. You mastery of self mastery of connection, mastery of marketplace. I want to just say though, too, you know, I know that your, your business is geared towards, um, you know, health coaches, right? Uh Nutrition health coaches, but all three of those are transferable to, to really fucking any industry. Exactly. So can you talk about that a little bit? Those three things, why it's important. Yeah. Um, so first of all, mastery, like mastery of self goes back to literally what we were just talking about, which is like, 
you can acquire all the tactics in the world, all the funnels, all the ads, all the scripts, all the DMs, like whatever. Like if you suck, your business sucks, period, the end. Like <laughs> that, like we can simplify that. We can really easy. And so if you don't master yourself, like you will forever suck shit. And, and so inside of that, like there's, you need to understand, okay, like what are the stories that I'm telling myself? What are the origin stories that I need to tell in my business? What am I really trying to achieve? Um, and so tactically inside of mastery of self, we look at three things. We look at um, how are you building your active character? What is your unique opportunity? And what is your future-based cause, right? Those are all a component of, of mastery of self. And then we pivot to mastery of connection. And most people think connection is like you and I connecting, being on a podcast together. And that is cool, but connection is really like, what are you connecting your clients to? Because most coaches is what they fuck up. They're connecting their clients to themselves. And that's why it's not a scalable model. You cannot scale a model with a key man problem, right? Like, and so if you're the only person that people are coming into and they're like, I'm buying Jason or I'm buying Roxanne, like, eh, no, they're not. no, you're not, right? And so what I tell businesses right away is don't let that be the case. Have a unique methodology that people into, you're just the person facilitating it. And over time, your staff facilitates it. Over time, you can teach them to facilitate it themselves. That is what allows you to build a scalable model. And so I teach you to master connection of your methodologies to your marketplace, right? Then we step into marketplace and this is the traditional uh, like mastery system. And it's what I call Right. And so it's say it again. Sorry. It, you cut uh, out. It's, it's a, it's what I call your machine, right? Got Every it. business needs a machine that mm-hmm. starts with lead generation that has lead nurture, ultimately moves people to a sales transaction and maximizes the lifetime value of a customer. And when you have all of those things present, you're bulletproof. Like you can't help, but achieve seven figures and beyond. That's so dope. And I just need to point out here, you know, when you go back to resignating from that job and following your passion and, and then just taking, like becoming a fucking real badass expert nutritional and, and, and just listening and following. And now you're in this place where you can teach. I mean, this, this formula is incredible. Like I said, it's not just, it's transferable, but it's just, I, I want to recognize uh, you and, and your process to say that, like, listen, you know, when you really are operating from a place of passion and authenticity and your intentions too, I think that's really important. Like your intentions, the through line is impact, you know, over everything. everything, It's incredible because you are continuing this, uh, you're, you're thriving in your life from an internal place. Like it's got to feel so good. You can say something on this, please. But like for you, do you ever look back and, and, and like kind of just, um, appreciate the, the, you know, your progression and where you're at now. There's a lot of emotional moments at night, especially when I travel, when I'm alone and I'm in hotels or, you know, even when I'm at home and I'm alone, it's just, um, I look at it and I look at the community and I look at the people and, um, I never take for granted the trust that people put in me to, to change their lives, whether it be physically or, or the future of their lives, their business. Um, take for granted the gift I've been given, like, like the vision and, and the things that come intuitive to me that I, you know, I didn't go to school for, but just things I've developed over time. And, um, it's just so humbling all the time, man. Like, you know, I, I still at times identify as the 18 year old kid that sat on the floor of his room in his parents' house and killed himself. And, you know, here we are today and, and we're revolutionizing an industry and, Fuck yeah. um, 
Yeah, man. Like it's, uh, it, it's, I don't always have, like, I'm, I'm usually pretty good with words, but that's the one where you're going to catch me where I'm like, I don't have words sometimes. I, you know, I hosted a dinner with 65 people, all of whom at minimum, and I don't say this as a number, so I hope this doesn't come off douchey. Like all of the people there were $30,000 minimum buy-in to get into this group. And it's like, really? Like I'm the kid that almost fucking died. Like I'm the kid that was 118 pounds. Yeah. Now you guys want to spend 30 grand to be in my room. Like, yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I love that. Thank you for putting that in this epic talk because it's important. It shows like, I always think of my continued, my continued success is proof because it, like you, you know, like, listen, I, I have the, uh, I frame it like this. Like I have the, uh, the heart of the underdog and the mindset of a champion. And that is how I've continued to move throughout my life because in my like humble beginnings and it's just kind of like always this like up and down, you know, family money, the whole thing. Yeah. But, but I've never, you know, I was a competitive athlete when I was younger running, whatever. I always, I always just had this mind that was driving me towards excellence. Right. And it was like, I knew, and that underdog piece is so valuable because when you, this is just my framework around it. But like, as, as someone who identifies with the underdog, it's like, man, I know how to take a punch and get the fuck back up and find a way to get better. And I will find a way to get better because yeah. that's what the underdog does. Right. From my perspective. So, um, it's so valuable to hear stories like you in your voice to say like, Hey, I was that kid you know, 118 pounds, like you just said, who was like pretty much feeling like you were at the end of it. And now here you are, you know, with these people who are, you know, all the trust and all the impact. I mean, listen, you, all my guests who come on the show, I always take a moment to say, thank you for being such a fucking awesome, wild, radical contributor, because that's what you're doing. You're contributing. And we need more people to step into this you know, authentic version of themselves and to take those chances and to, you know, operate from passion and intention so that they can be a fucking, their own badass contributor like you. So it's, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. No, I'm, always, I'm always blown away. Like it's uh, still emotional, right. To think about. And it's just, uh, you're just grateful every minute, you know, and it's a reminder to just don't stop and just keep doing it. And uh, you know, it's, it, it's why we do what we do every day. So good. Okay. Respect. I'm, I keep thinking about you and the burger. Um, yeah. <laughs> dude, I can't, I want my bison. Um, let me ask you this, uh, before the, the kind of wrap out questions that, that I have, um, is there anything that, you know, you do a lot of talks, is there, is there something that you don't get asked often or, you know, that some, I know we talked about a lot of things, but is there something that you would like to speak on more or even just to live in this conversation and no worries if not, but. Nothing that really comes to mind. You know, the, the one big thing I think that I'm really bullish on right now, more than anything is the whole notion of why not me. And I think more people need to think that way is, you know, I've, there's some absurdities in life that I know will come true for me. One of them is I'm going to speak on stage with Tony Robbins. Like, and so he's the greatest speaker in the world and I will speak on stage with him and I will not be that much like lesser of a speaker. Right. And, and I know this to be true. Like I didn't even start speaking publicly until I was in my thirties and at 36, I know for a fact I will speak with the greatest of all time. And, and it's not a matter of if it's more a matter of when, and, and everyone's like, how do you have the right to think like that? And the truth is I don't, 
but I was put on this earth with a heartbeat and a vision. And so I do have the right and I'm going to take every advantage of it. And my question to everybody is like, what is your vision? What are you going to like? What absurd thing are you going to achieve? And fuck anyone that tells you you can't like, just go do it. That's, so that's like, good. I think that's like the one topic that I just, I'm so, I'm so big on. Like, I just want people that no matter what you think of where you're going, like, fuck that, like, just see it, just go do it. And like, it's again, like success is the inevitability. It's not an option. Failure is the choice, right? That gets in the way of your ultimate success. And so, man, like when you do that, it's game over. Uh, so good, Jason. And I can tell you, I know that's going to happen for you. Go back to the very beginning before I knew you before Chase, whatever. I was like, he, you speak really well. Like you impact with your, doesn't happen with everybody. There's, there, you, I, I you, appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's real. It's, it's real. Um, so yeah, I, I'm excited for that. Maybe I'll be in the crowd when that happens. Love okay. Um, so one question, and then I do a series of rapid fire words. You don't have to be rapid in your answer. You can, if you like to be the question before the words, if you had a magic wand, you may have already said it, but if you had a magic wand and you can give the masses one habit that would have a large positive ripple effect in their life, what would it be and why? A habit? Um, I'm going to call it throughput, meaning like you say you're going to do, you actually fucking do. And like, I think so many people make, well, I'm going to call them declarations, which is really being nice to what a lot of people do, but some people say things and they don't do that. I think if, if there was one thing that could change, like right now, if you said you were going to do something, come hell or high water, it happened. That would change lives everywhere. And, and that's, I try to live that way. If I make, if I make a statement, no matter what, I'm going to follow through. I love that. I'm, I giggle because people that you don't know me as much as, right. It's like people listening are like, Oh shit. These two, because one of the things I always talk about, one of the major, from my experience and opinion, one of the major components that builds self-trust is you, you're, you back your shit up. I have proof when I say I'm going to do something, it fucking gets done. So even if there's some new endeavor or something that's like big and I'm like, Oh shit. And I say, I'm going to do it. Well, I can look back and go, yeah, but you know what? Every time you said you're going to do something, you did it. So you're, you know, you're going to do this too. So I love that. Thank you. Okay. Um, so the rapid fire words again, you know, however you want to, whatever comes top of mind and top of heart when I say these words to you. Okay. Ready? Okay. First one is love. Unconditional. Like I love should always be unconditional to yourself, to others, whether it be friends, family, significant others to yourself, it should always be unconditional. It's uh, it keeps the world going. So, um, but it should always be unconditional. Beautiful fear. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> Like it's the one thing that, you know, fear has no hold of you unless you allow it to. Right. And so I think most people need to look at fear and just say, fuck fear um, and stop running from it, run to it. Um, but just like failure, you know, it, it only, it only dictates your life. If you allow it to um, fear is going to be present no matter what. I've never met a person that lacks fear. Um, it's all a way in which you channel it. So fuck fear. Yeah. Challenge. Love it. Bring it. Uh, I think every successful person wants it, right? I think if you're running from challenges, you're running from growth. Challenges are what allow us to grow. So find them. 
<laughs> so good. Passion. Life. Like, uh, if you don't have it, you don't have life, you know? <laughs> and, and, and I think that that's for yourself. I think it's for romantic relationships. I think it's for friendships. I think it's for your business. I think it's for your impact. Um, if you don't have it, find it. Right. Cause passion yeah. is love. So good. Courage. Man, that's a good one. <laughs> Create it. Don't find it. Um, I think so many people look for courage. You don't find courage. You, you create it um, one day and you decide you have it. And I think so many people are spinning wheels, finding it, searching for it. Uh, and I think that's another form of saying they're searching for external validation. Validate yourself, create your own courage. And I think you'll be good. So good. Curiosity. Makes the world go around. Um, you know, I think uh, I encourage everybody I meet to be curious and uh, stop accepting facts as truth. Be curious enough to make sure they're the truth. Um, so I, I think the most curious people have truly made our world what it is. And, and I respect that. And I love that. So good. I love that. Uh, two more. Okay. Resilience. <laughs> Man, um, how do I sum this up? Because it's the single thing every successful person has. Nobody's been gifted the top of the world. And even if they have, they've fallen off their perch. Um, you know, resilience is, is the definition of success, in my opinion, right? And it's, I'll probably get flamed for saying this publicly, but who comes to mind is like Justin Bieber, right? Like kid was on top of the world and he, he had everything and then he had everything taken from him. And I think if you look at him today, he's very well liked again and he's very well respected again. And that's resilience. He had to create that just like courage. Don't find it. Just create it. Um, you are resilient. It's, it's within you. But again, it's a choice. Yeah. So good. Final word. Excellence. It's what I'll try to stand up. It's what I'll try to live every day. It, like, but you set your own standard of excellence. So don't live up to someone else's standards and don't allow other people to tell you what your standards are. I have a standard of excellence that I think lives above 99.9% .9 of people in this world. And even though people are, are sometimes very uh, congratulatory of success, um, I believe I'm far below what I believe excellence to be. I try to live with excellence every day, but you know, when I exit this world, I've yet to achieve excellence. And that's because my standard is super high. So define it, make it really high and fucking go create it. <laughs> so good. You're the man. I loved every minute of this talk with you. I appreciate you so much. You carved out yeah. so much time. And um, I just, you know, just, yeah, again, thank you for, for the time and, and for being such a fucking powerful contributor. And I know that you haven't even scratched the surface, which is a huge statement because you've already accomplished so much. Um, but you, I'm, I'm excited to witness you and to support you in any capacity that I can as you continue to chase that excellence and make fucking impact over everything in this world. So thank you. Wow. <laughs> everything that is a, uh, those are humbling words. And, you know, from somebody that I respect a lot, it's, um, it's, it's an honor. It's a pleasure. Um, I hope I added value to somebody and I, I hope that this truly impacted at least one person that listened. Um, and you know, if it did, uh, happy to connect with everybody and
you know, yeah. to share whatever I can with anybody. So, um, you know, I always say this, I'm, I've been gifted with a lot of opportunities to do podcasts and public events, and I'm not the one that needs to be thanked. You are, um, you're the person taking time out of your life consistently to put together, uh, amazing human beings in one setting, one, one podcast platform for people to come and listen to and consume and get inspired and, and become successful. And so I appreciate you. I thank you for, for piecing all of this together. Um, we're just, we're adding value to what, to, you know, the, the value that you've already created. So appreciate you as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> My smiles. Are thank you. Okay. Um, can you guide everything's in the show notes, but can you guide our listeners, our viewers, best place to find you to potentially work with, you know, just to yeah, connect yeah. with you all the things. Yeah. Um, connections, everything to me. So let me steer you in the right direction. If there's anything I can do for you, uh, Instagram is the best place at Jason Phillips is nutrition. Um, hit me up, send me a message. Tell me you found me here. Um, I answer as many messages as I can. I, I try to make it hundred percent. Not like I almost always do. Uh, it might take me a couple of days, but always send me a message. I will get back to you. Um, and let's just connect whatever, whatever I can do for you. Don't hesitate to ask. Okay, perfect. All right, Jason, you awesome. and I will be having more conversations. Um, but thank you again for this one. And yeah, thank you Amazing. so much. I'm stoked. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. You guys, if you loved it, please share it on your social, throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at black belt beauty. I am also at Roxy look. R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And last but not least, if you are interested in starting your own podcast, or perhaps you already have one and you need help with you know editing your audio and the production of it, I cannot recommend my producers enough. Resonate Recordings, you guys, they are the bomb. I rely on them. They are an absolute supportive tool to me and my podcast. So check them out and let them know that Black Belt Beauty sent you. And on that note, you guys, I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next.